Stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, visit www.3cr.org.au. Because we got the alternative energy right. our free autonomy. And welcome to the Radioactive Show, produced at the studios of 3CR Melbourne and heard nationally on the Community Radio Network. Hi, my name's Mara. This episode of the Radioactive Show was recorded and produced on the stolen lands of the Wurundjeri and Gadigal people for 3CR Melbourne. Today we learn about the disturbing relationship between the Victorian Government and arms manufacturer Elbert Systems. Australia's Sovereign Wealth Fund, the Future Fund, has excluded Israeli arms manufacturer Elbert Systems from its investment portfolio because of allegations of its involvement in the production of cluster munitions. Civil society organisations welcome this decision. They are calling on governments to divest from any entity involved in or complicit in serious violations of international humanitarian law and human rights against the Palestinian people. Some of these serious violations include credible and well-documented abuses which amount to serious crimes under international law, including war crimes and crimes against humanity. Australia's public funds should not be involved in furthering grave human rights abuses. The Victorian government, however, seems to be swimming against the tide, establishing a partnership with Elbert Systems Australia, a wholly owned subsidiary of Elbert Systems, to establish a research centre of excellence. First, we'll hear an interview between 3CR's Jan Bartlett and Rowan Araf from the Australian Centre for International Justice about the so-called centre of excellence that the Victorian government plans to establish in conjunction with Elbert. Then, we speak with Jake Lynch, Associate Professor from the Department of Peace and Conflict Studies at the University of Sydney and member of the Boycott, Divestments and Sanctions Australia campaign. Civil society organisations welcome the Future Fund's exclusions of Elbert Systems and call on the Federal and Victorian Governments to drop Elbert for risk complicity in serious violations of international law. Civil society organisations working for human rights for Palestinians and others welcome the news of Australia's sovereign wealth fund, the Future Fund's exclusion of Israeli arms manufacturer Elbert Systems Limited from its investment portfolio because of allegations of its involvement in the production of cluster munitions. To find out what this means and what further needs to happen, I spoke with the Executive Director of the Australian Centre for International Justice, Rowan Araf. Rowan, when you learn that Australia's Sovereign Wealth Fund, the Future Fund, has in its investment portfolio companies such as Albert Systems that are complicit in inflicting human harm. It rings alarm bells loudly. But the problem is that this Israeli company also has partnerships with the federal and Victorian governments. How extensive are these connections with the three entities and Albert Systems? And what can you tell us about this company and its record? Yeah, so, I mean, obviously the great news that the Future Fund uh, excluded Albert Systems from its investment portfolio. And, you know, we were aware of this from at least early 2021 um, when I was, you know, obviously our organisation has been following the Future Fund and monitoring other, you know, problematic investments in relation to Myanmar and, of course, Yemen. 
Um, and so this was, you know, a welcome surprise. Although one thing I do want to say at the outset is that um, it's, you know, a little bit unfortunate that the reason that they've excluded Albert Systems is just on the basis that it's um, allegedly still continuing to manufacture or be involved in the manufacture of cluster munitions. We think, of course, that, you know, it should go beyond. The reasons should also include other uh, concerning issues to do with Albert, and that is its direct complicity with Palestinian violations of Palestinian human rights, whether that's due to the border surveillance that it provides to the annexation wall, which has been condemned by the international community and found to be illegal by the International Court of Justice some you know, 20 years ago in 2004, or it's uh, in particular the drone use, particularly in Gaza over the many, many various uh, wars and campaigns, uh, aerial campaigns targeting Gaza, unfortunately, in the last 20 years. But the two other contracts that you're talking about are generally defence contracts. There's numerous defence contracts that Elbert Systems of Australia and Elbert Systems have with uh, the Defence Department that have been the subject of, you know, quite various media stories, particularly last year. One contract in particular was rejected because there was rumours about whether or not the company was using it in a way to backdoor information, so-called, you know, back to Israel. Um, that's one contract. But in particular, that one that your listeners might be interested in and, and that campaigners, um, in particular BDS Australia and Free Palestine Melbourne and, and others, have been concerned about is the announcement in February last year by the Victorian Andrews government that it entered into a partnership with Albert Systems of Australia to establish a so-called centre of excellence. It's a research centre of excellence for human and machine teaming which is really concerning and, you know, we, I think it's right that um, people in Australia are concerned by this partnership. Um, Albert Systems is a really problematic company and it's directly involved, we say, Israel's violations of, of international law and serious human rights breaches against the Palestinian people. You know, violations which we say amount to crimes under international law, crimes such as war crimes and crimes against humanity. It just makes you wonder, doesn't it, about the investment portfolio of organisations such as the the fund, the Future Fund, mm. and also the liability of governments, the federal government and the Victorian government, operating on our behalf and getting into mm. bed with companies like this. That's right. I mean, one thing to note about the Future Fund is that it's Australia's sovereign wealth fund. It manages at least $250 billion of Australian funds, supposedly, to um, protect our future as Australians. So this is public money, it's taxpayers' money, and I think it needs to be scrutinised. And and so, you know, this is great, like I said, that LBED is excluded on the basis um, that it's alleged to be involved in the manufacture of cluster munitions, but there are other problematic investments that the Future Fund uh, has invested in, um, in particular relate, relating to arms and nuclear weapons manufacturing companies. We looked at one in particular last, uh, in, in early this year, where it was found that there were US weapons companies that obviously are providing and, and uh, providing weapons to um, belligerents in the war on Yemen for Saudi Arabia and the UAE. And that's really problematic because there are devastating consequences 
against the civilian population there in Yemen, and obviously serious violations of IHL that are being violated by the Saudi Arabia and, and the UAE, for example. And so, you know, we would say more broadly about the future fund and other investment funds as well and pension funds is that they need to look, they need to really be attuned to their responsible investment and human rights obligations and ensure that any investment must be in line with international law and human rights principles. And so they need to really, I think, go through their investment portfolio with a fine-tooth comb and ensure that they are not investing in entities that are aiding and abetting international crimes. We've seen that recently, obviously, in relation to Russia, the Russian invasion of Ukraine, how quickly investment funds are acting in terms of looking through their investment portfolio and ensuring that no investments are contributing to you know, international law violations there. It would be hard to imagine that groups such as the, the Future Fund and also the government departments don't know about these companies like Elbert. So, and there's mm. thousands of other country companies that they could be investing in. So it's quite deliberate that they are putting their money with these companies. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't say that that's a far-fetched comment at all, Jen. I think you're right. And one of the things we're interested in about the Future Fund is that it's um, really not transparent in terms of the uh, knowledge of the entities that it invests in. It only provides a list of the top 100 entities. Um, as a sovereign wealth fund in a democratic country, we think that's unacceptable if you look at, for example, the largest sovereign wealth fund in the world, which is Norway's Norgus Bank or Enden, they regularly provide updated um, lists of their entire investment portfolios. So you're able to go onto their website and visit, visit their website and, and see who it is that they're invested in. And you're able to really engage with the, the investments and try and make a case against any really problematic investment. And they also, as an example, um, they also have an independent ethics board. And that's something that we don't have here at the with the Future Fund. There's really, you know, you can make a case to the Future Fund, but so far we've seen that they haven't been very receptive to civil society, civil society's calls to divest from certain investments, whether that's been in relation to Myanmar in relation to China and obviously Palestine. What about Albert Systems Australia? How difficult is it to contact them and and put your case forward? Um, I wouldn't know too much about that. But, you know, one thing to note about Albert Systems Australia is that it's a wholly owned subsidiary of Albert Systems in Israel. Um, and so there are a few countries that Albert Systems is, has offices in. Australia is one of them. America is one of them. They're apparently also intending to open up uh, office in the UAE, unfortunately, due to the normalisation of the so-called arms deal, as we call it. It's known as the Abraham Peace Accord. But of course, you know, if you were to really look at the at the peace, the so-called peace accord itself, it it really is uh, an arms deal and obviously Albert Systems intending to open up there is, is an extension of that interest in, you know, extending the arms trade. So that's one thing to note about the Albert Systems of Australia. We haven't obviously tried to contact them 
I wouldn't know if any other organisation has, but there is a campaign that's been launched by grassroots organisations um, and led by BDS Australia against the, the partnership with the Victorian government and other defence contracts that Albert Systems of Australia has with the Australian military or defence Depart- department. I'd imagine, though, that you have contacted the Victorian government on this issue. Well, we have in, in relation to um, a few points, um, not in particular yet, but the, of course we understand that these groups, BDS Australia has, um, and we understand even state Greens members in Victoria have contacted the various government ministers in, in Victoria about this problematic partnership and the centre that it hopes to establish. I think there are other concerns because it appears that universities may also be involved in this so-called centre of excellence. So I think it requires really a broad-based campaigning strategy and public awareness raising about the effect, uh, the impact of such a centre and more broadly uh, how the really concerning direct consequences of complicity with crimes against the Palestinian people through you know, partnerships such as this with Albert Systems. Are you aware what human rights international law says about companies and governments dealing with these arms manufacturers? Well, I think one thing to point to is in terms of Australia's international legal obligations, one of the things that we would direct people to is Australia's obligations under the Arms Trade Treaty, for example, and um, that's something, you know, Australia is a, is, has ratified that treaty. It's a state party to the arms trade treaty. It prohibits the authorization of transfer of arms. So one of the things that's uh, really important is that the Palestinian civil society has called for a two-way arms embargo imposed on Israel. And this would, we think we would fall under it, of course, I think. Uh, obviously, they're establishing a centre of excellence and whatever is produced under that kind of research will be used to further, you know, Elbit's ability to produce the systems that it provides to uh, one of its major suppliers, which is the Israeli Israeli military. It also, I should note, supplies the Israeli police and Ministry of Interior. So it's not just um, the Israeli military that it provides its its uh, military technology and uh, weapons too. So that's obviously one obligation. There are obviously other obligations under international humanitarian law and international human rights law more broadly to end business and human rights, not to engage uh, with um, entities or individuals that are complicit in violations of international law. Well, finally, it's just very sad, isn't it, that a company like Albert Systems is engaged with a, a research institute called the Centre for Excellence. Mm. Yeah, this is the partnership that we're talking about. So I don't know how far, I mean, this announcement by the Victorian government to build this so-called Centre of Excellence uh, was only made last year, so it's been 12 months. And, uh, you know, we haven't really seen much come about as after that announcement. So we don't know what stage this research centre is is at in terms of, you know, when it might be launched or anything like that. So I think that's why it's imperative for all of us to engage in a campaign against the setting up of this, this research centre. 
but just the linking of a company like Albert Systems with a, a, mm. a with a phrase center of excellence. Exactly. Yeah, it's really problematic. I mean, I don't I don't understand. I'm not from Victoria, but I I've been led to believe that this Victorian government is one of the most progressive Victorian governments ever. And so this was really quite shocking, I think, to many Palestinians and their supporters that they would enter into this kind of arrangement. But it seems to be that the Victorian government is interested in kind of expanding its relationships with the armed sector, which is a broader problem more generally, of course, Australia, you know, Australian defence training and, and, and industry partnerships with arms firms is gaining a ground, unfortunately. So that's a broader issue, I think, for the for the anti-war movement in Australia and the peace movement. So maybe this could be a really good target, I think, for us to look at the complicity of violations with international human rights law and international law and you know serious abuses against Palestinian people. These are these are serious crimes under international law that we're alleging here. One thing I also want to note is that Elbit is also, you know, there are there have been news reports about its involvement with the Myanmar military. This is before the campaign of genocide against the Rohingya people that began in 2017. Apparently, the junta, the junta leader visited Israel in 2015 and visited Elbert Systems headquarters um, and made a purchase sometime around then. And there's also allegations that it continued to provide systems or uh, weapons to the Myanmar military even after the coup of February last year. There's also allegations from um, our friends in the West Papuan Freedom Movement that Elbert is also supplying equipment to the Indonesian military um, that's being used to suppress human rights of the West Papuan people. So, you know, there's a multitude of um, intersectional, I think, campaigns that can be developed around and are developed, I have to say, a grassroots groups have been linking together. In Melbourne last year, there was protests that brought together West Papuan rights advocates and Palestinian advocates to um, bring attention to the partnership, this so-called centre of excellence that's being touted by the Victorian government. You know, I think people are seeing that it's really problematic and I only hope that the campaign by um, these grassroots activists increases and people join and come on board and we see that the Victorian government relinquishes and ends this partnership. We can hope. Okay, thanks very much. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks so much, Jan. And Rowan Araf is the Executive Director of the Australian Centre for International Justice. You're listening to the Radioactive Show, broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. We just heard an interview between 3CR's Jan Bartlett and Rowan Araf from the Australian Centre for International Justice about the Centre of Excellence that the Victorian Government plans to establish in conjunction with arms dealer Elbert Systems. Next, we'll hear from Jay Clinch, Associate Professor at DPACS in the University of Sydney and member of the Boycott, Divestment and Sanctions Australia campaign. I'm Associate Professor Jake Lynch of Peace and Conflict Studies at the University of Sydney. I'm also the patron of BDS Australia, BDS being 
the movement for boycott, divestment and sanctions on Israel in pursuit of campaigning for Palestinian rights. Can you tell us a bit about BDS Australia? Well, the BDS movement began about 17 years ago in response to a call by Palestinian civil society and over 100 organisations after a judgment by the World Court that Israel's so-called security fence on Palestinian territory constitutes an illegal land grab. Uh, Therefore, the onus was clearly on um, parties to that court, namely governments, to cease all um, activities in cooperation with it. But of course, unfortunately, none of them took any such action. So the onus passes to us, therefore, in civil society to try to do something about it. So there has been... Indeed. So there's been um, the, the call for the academic and cultural boycott of Israel, which dates from that point in time. And so BDS Australia is running a campaign against Elbert's system. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Well, we don't have a great deal of information about Albert system's um, involvement with Australia. So the point we've reached at the moment is that we've written to university vice-chancellors, and this is about uh, a week or two back, um, asking them to um, tell us about any links their institution might have with Albert Systems here in Australia, uh, and therefore um, to consider uh, rescinding any such links in view of Albert's complicity with human rights abuses and war crimes against the Palestinians. Mm. To date, we have not received any written responses from any of those institutions, so we're clearly going to have to persist. Mm. Yeah, is there anything you're... um suspicious of in particular? Well, we know that um, Australia now has a policy of trying to expand its arms industries in an export drive, which is connecting it with all sorts of unsavoury regimes, like the Saudi Arabian attack on Yemen, for example. Mm. So there must be strong suspicions that some universities are working on research projects in conjunction with Albit Systems, uh, given Albit Systems' uh, previous uh, record of of, um, investment from Australia. You'll know that the Australian Future Fund has pulled its investment from Albit in protest at Albit's manufacture of cluster munitions, for example. But we're trying to ascertain what other links exist through Australian universities and, in view of the record, asking asking them to rescind those links. Mm, Because that would be the basic or fundamental information behind a a BDS campaign, like having the information about what needed to be boycotted or divested from or sanctioned. That's right. Um, So, for example, a few years ago, we um, persuaded the Australian Royal Flying Doctor Service not to purchase in-cabin navigation equipment from Elbit, again, because of Elbit's record in um, human rights abuses and Mm. war crimes against the Palestinians. Uh, So it crops up now and again. And, of course, we're also inspired by the successful campaign in the UK to close down an Albit manufacturing facility in the northern England town of Oldham, uh, which happened earlier this year after a long campaign by local activists. So it is possible to make a difference. It is possible to sever these ties, and it is possible to end complicity with these war crimes, and that's what we need to do here in Australia as well. Absolutely. Now, on that, how could interested people support the campaign or get involved? Well, uh, they could certainly contact BDS Australia. Uh, We have a wide variety of campaigns, so it's not just 
in the rarefied field of weapons manufacture, for example. Uh, We're also protesting against Puma, the sportswear manufacturer, and their sponsorship of Israeli sports teams. Uh, Mm. So obviously that's something much more accessible to people in their everyday lives. So don't wear Puma. (laughs) Um, Hopefully let Puma know why you're not wearing their kit uh, and uh, contact us for all the, the relevant information, but really at every level. I mean, so, for example, over the last few days, um, student unions have been adopting uh, resolutions calling for the academic boycott of Israel in response to the record of um, not only war crimes, but also crimes against humanity. Mm. Now we've had findings from Amnesty International, Human Rights Watch, and a whole host of other organisations that is- Israel's treatment of Palestinians amounts to the crime of apartheid. Mm. So in all these different fields and spheres, there are ways for people to get involved. That's it's good that they can get involved, but it's terrible that they need to. It's, it's, it's very serious. Indeed, indeed. And I've, I've mentioned international law. Uh, war crimes, of course, are violations of international humanitarian law. Uh, that's being examined at the moment by the International Criminal Court. And opinion poll findings taken by APAN, the Australia-Palestine Advocacy Network have showed clearly that a majority of Australians support the work of the International Criminal Court investigating Israeli war crimes, but that is unfortunately at odds with the stance of the Australian government. So once again, the issue devolves onto us in civil society to take our own action, uh, even though quite clearly by the nature of these offences, it is up to the international community to be the custodian of these rules and regulations. But unfortunately, Australia is one of the governments that is falling short in this respect. Mm. Can't imagine anything will change post-election either. Well, um, I think there's a a fairly firm uh, grip um, in bipartisan politics by the Israel lobby, which characteristically works behind the scenes. Uh, So, um, for instance, it's managed to inveigle um, a whole range of political organisations, including, for example, the New South Wales Labour Party, into accepting a definition of anti-Semitism, which means that if you're opposed to Zionism, you're supposed to be anti-Semitic, uh, which is anti-intellectual. Um, it's flies in the face, reductive. It flies in the face of the evidence. Uh, and uh, certainly anti-Zionist Jews, of whom there are many, mm. are a bit difficult to explain in light of that one. Uh, but unfortunately, yes, the kind of um, uh, shadowy political meetings in which the Israel lobby can find access mean that we're always up against political process and therefore having to take action at a civil society level. Mm, which everyone should step up and do. Jake, thank you so much for your time today. I wish we had more time to speak to you and perhaps we'll get you on a show in the future to delve into these issues more deeply. It's a pleasure. Thanks. Thanks so much to Raran Araf from the Australian Centre for International Justice and also to Dag Lynch. Associate Professor from the Department of Peace and Conflict Studies at the University of Sydney and a member of the Boycott, Divestments and Sanctions Campaign Australia. To learn more about the Australian Centre for International Justice, their webpage is acij.org.au. To learn more about, or better yet, get involved in, the Boycott, Divestments and Sanctions Campaign, check out bdsaustralia.net.au. We'll put the links to these on our Facebook page and website. Thanks for listening to The Radioactive Show. You can download the podcast of this program at 3cr.org.au slash radioactive. If you'd like to get in contact, you can email us at radioactiveshow.3cr 
at gmail.com. The Radioactive Show was produced with the support of Friends of the Earth's Nuclear Free Collective for 3CR Melbourne on the unceded land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation in Fitzroy, Victoria. It's broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. Thanks for listening and tune in again next week for more news and views on nuclear, peace and energy issues.